been pre-recorded. This is the Red Ticket Blues Podcast. I am Brian Buckley. This is being recorded on June 8th to hit the internet on June 9th. This is the only podcast where we always have a victory lap, just like a Triple Crown winner. How's everyone doing? We have a lot to get to today. Well, maybe not that much, but we have stuff to get to. There, there are items of, on the agenda to get to. How about that video, the, the White Trash Walmart fight? If you haven't seen it by now, you should check it out. Not even on the agenda whatsoever today. It just came to my mind. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure your aunt, who you don't even speak to, has already commented on it five times on Facebooks. But if you haven't seen it, check that out. I, I don't even know what to look under. I guess Walmart, fight, kid, the kid gets involved. Anyways, we have things to get to. We have the NBA Finals, two games in the books, and we are tied one to one. Uh, we will touch on that spellbinding triple crown. The horse won. That's correct. The horse won. Well, it's the Belmont, but the horse won that and the triple crown, that being American Pharaoh. And we will have a special interview, a Red Ticket Blues exclusive regarding the triple crown. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. And we'll check in on the local baseball teams. No, we won't. We're not going to check in on the local. We're only going to check in on the Yankees. And... We'll have a little snippet of an interview done with a former Yankee uh, at the end of the podcast, but we begin with the NBA Finals, and it's tied 1-1, and after Game 1, I wish I could say that it would that I predicted it would be tied 1-1. I, like most of the public, thought after Kyrie Irving's kneecap shattered into a million pieces that it was going to be a cakewalk for the Golden State Warriors. It was LeBron and a bunch of vagabonds, a bunch of ex-Knicks. But that's not the case. The, but let's get to LeBron first because it's always about LBJ. And not about how many boys he killed today, but how many how many warriors he killed today. In, in, in two games, LeBron James, 85 points, 24 rebounds, and 17 assists. Now the LeBron haters will say, oh, those are nice numbers, but uh, two game-winning shots he missed. I don't know why he's fading away, especially in the first game. Fading away in that... Not the corner, but close enough to the corner. Get over it. People miss shots. People miss game-winning shots. It happens. Now, with Ky- they, now Kyrie was big in that first game to help LeBron. He scored 23 points, 6 assists, and 7 rebounds. And for him to go out when he slid in there as if he was sliding into home... I was about to say home base. Home plate. And you almost saw the Cavaliers' chances of even staying in this series. as They are the underdogs. Just go up in the smoke. Get you, you thought it was over. And LeBron can't do this all by himself. As great as LeBron is, as, as powerful and as important as he is, there's no way he can lead this team. Now, in that second game, Iman Shumpert, was, from the beginning of the game, wanted to step up and be that second guy. And unfortunately, Iman Shumpert was Iman Shumpert. He's a great defender. But he's a role player. I mean, he was taking it to the basket strong early in the game. But I mean, in reality, he ended up 2 for 11 with 7 points. And the other Nick, J.R. Smith, you know, he hit his shot. But he, J.R. Smith, J.R. Smith. He's not a cerebral player. Awful fouls. Especially that foul on Steph Curry when he's, what, 70 feet away from the hoop. It's just not thinking very clearly. The people that did step up. Tristan Thompson was also an MIA during that second game. But the two people that have stepped up, especially in both games, has been Timothy Mozgov. He's been huge. 
nearly a double-double in each game. For some strange reason, he was not playing at the end of game two. Now, if the Cavs had lost that game, there would have been a lot of second-guessing where the hell was Moskov. He was not on the floor. He was in his jumpsuit, not even playing. I guess they wanted to go small. You didn't see Bogut on the floor for the Warriors either. I'm telling you, that would have been a huge, huge topic. Where was he as he was dominating in the beginning, kept getting to the free throw line over and over again. And I'd be, you know, ignorant if I didn't mention Matthew Delabadova, a guy that we all look at as sort of a joke, as a parlor trick, as a guy who he's lucky he's in the NBA. He stepped up his D in game two. He is an annoying little, he looks, what does he look like? He, he looks like a chipmunk. He looks like Alvin, Alvin and the chipmunks. Well, pick your chipmunk. I don't know. Theodore Simon, Alvin, whatever. He looks like one of them. You're not going to get it. He had six turnovers. There was a span last night in game two that the Cavs obviously won an overtime score being 95 to 93. And there was a span of about three or four possessions where he brought it down the court and turned it over. And just, it was almost like when Jeremy Lin is struggling, he almost looks like he doesn't belong in the NBA. It's just people are waiting for him to, to penetrate in there. So it's just like, poke the ball out, steal it. But, he stepped up his D on the league MVP, Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry scored 19 points. And even in that first game, you think he scored 26, 27 points, but he didn't seem aggressive enough. He didn't seem like he had been in the other playoff games. He scored 19 points last night on 5 of 23 shooting. Six turnovers. And the way that game was going, that, that layup to force the overtime, to tie it, I thought he was going to miss it. Especially, he's had sort of an fu finger roll. It was exaggerated finger roll. But the game he had had, I was I was really ready for it to clank off the back of the rim as if he were Patrick Ewing. But it went in. Now I also want you to think about this. Now Riley, Riley Curry, Riley Curry is not playing. Stephen Curry has enjoyed an MVP season. There are people starting to, outside of the realm of the basketball world, know who he is. His daughter, Riley Curry, the aforementioned daughter, is part of his cute persona. We have gravitated to him, and he's an easy guy to like. Imagine if Stephen Curry had a, if LeBron James had a game like Stephen Curry had last night. LeBron James is held to a higher standard. I get that. Every day, we have to talk about if him and Jordan are equal. It's kind of a nauseating conversation because there is no perfect answer, so people will continue to debate. But imagine if he had a game like that. Imagine. Can you imagine? No, because he wouldn't. He's that much better. I don't know where this series goes from now. Goes from now. Goes from here. I I really thought after Kyrie went down, this would be five games. Five games. Now... Both games went to overtime. The Cavs could be up 2-0 in this. And if you ask some people, they say they should. And Game 3, today, as you're listening to this, is at Quicken Loans Arena in Cleveland. That place is going to make the Oracle sound like a library. This is a, t- this is a city that has not seen a championship from their sports team since 1964 in the Cleveland Browns. And they have a team. Now, LeBron, they are going to be ready. 
They are going to be rocking. They they have their their viewing parties there for every road game, which I don't get. I understand why teams do it. Get people in there. Get people talking. Well, not talking, but just to bring the the, the spirit of the fan base together and sell concessions. I'm not going to one of those things. I, I talked about this on Twitter. Some people, I was in the minority. Lots of people thought that it was a great idea and they'd love to go. I don't. I'm not going to a basketball court to stare at a empty basketball court. I, I, I don't, I, I, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm, I refuse to do it. I would rather sit in a dive bar and make filthy comments to other people who know nothing. It's more fun that way. Just being a stubborn jerk. But that is going to be a raucous crowd. And Steph Curry has a lot of questions to answer in that game. Can he rebound from that? Because if he can't, that whole uh, nirvana that he painted with the fun press conferences and the season and the behind-the-back passes and the, the Splash Brothers and all of, all the... All of that pomp and circumstance that surrounds the Golden State Warriors will go away and poof. Because no one will care about the Golden State Warriors. It will be LeBron on steroids. I didn't mean that. LeBron, the image of LeBron on steroids. The Warriors will be an afterthought in your rearview mirror. And Stephen Curry's MVP season will also be an afterthought. So he's got a lot of questions to answer. He needs to have a big game. Big game. Now... You heard me talk about LeBron and Jordan. This is a conversation that continues. And it's unfair to LeBron, I think. I'm not a big LeBron fan. I've made this known. I'm not a hater. I'm not a huge fan. But these people that don't recognize how amazing he is need to get their head examined. Why do we have have to constantly debate Jordan and LeBron. It's something that's very strange. I don't know why we have to constantly talk about NBA legacies. Why do we have to talk about legacies in the NBA? We don't talk about it in other sports. We do when it maybe comes down to Hall of Fame contention, but in the middle of a season, are we really saying, wow, you know, Tom Brady's, uh, you know, he, he's, he did great in that divisional playoff. Do, do you think he's better than Marino? Like, do we have these debates nonstop, nonstop? Is it because the NBA is a superstar-driven league with less players? Their faces are more visible. I don't get it. I don't know why we have to do this Mount Rushmore game. It makes no sense to me. If LeBron can beat this team, because basically he is the Cleveland Cavaliers beating this Golden State Warriors. He belongs not only on Mount Rushmore of NBA players, he belongs on Mount Rushmore. Yes, in South Dakota. Take any president you want off there. Lincoln slept with his brother in the same bed. Let me clarify that. George Washington had wooden teeth. Teddy Roosevelt, you know what? We may have to leave Teddy Roosevelt just because, you know, that guy got shot. And then the same day went and made a speech after getting shot. That has to be worth something. But back to LeBron and Jordan. I really didn't finish my point there. Why are people so against giving LeBron credit? It's odd to me. It's it's like Jordan has, and he has. He came around in the right time where he has, he's now an, folk hero status almost he's he elevated the game now magic and bird made the game popular jordan took it to a new level and i think a lot of people associate their youth with seeing something amazing and seeing what jordan did and another thing that people don't bring up and don't discount this is the jordan sneakers 
You might laugh when you first hear that, but think about that. Jordan is still a fabric in our society because of those sneakers. And I think people hearing something like LeBron James is better than this man, that these sneakers that we, some people are out of their minds over. They are pieces of plastic put together by children in Thailand. You do understand that for like, they cost like a dollar to make. And a lot of these people that I hear even, it was on the radio today. I think Francesa said to the kid, the guy, the kid, let me ask you something. Did you see Jordan play? No, you're a kid. These people are looking back as if they watched it. Jordan was my guy, but if LeBron can take this team and beat the Warriors, a 67-win team, he he's the greatest. He is the greatest ever. I'm sure there'll still be the people that will not give him his due. That's fine. You got to get your head out of your ass at some point. So, that's the NBA. Game tonight. Uh, I believe the... What was the line on that? I forget. I th- one team is favored by one. Red Ticket Blues. Moving on. Did you spend your Saturday watching a bunch of horses run around a track? I did too. So, American Pharaoh defied the odds. I guess, well, they were a favorite, but they still defied the odds, the fact that it hasn't been done 37 years, and won the Triple Crown by winning the Belmont. And we're all very proud of the horse. Did a great job. And I did, before I wanted to get into the other stuff here, uh, Greg Doyle of the Indianapolis Star wrote a good article today, uh, basically highlighting the other side of horse racing that maybe doesn't get talked about enough or as much. Since January, 43 horses have died in the state of New York. 10 just at Belmont. An estimated 10,000 annually die nationwide. Now, so three hours before American Pharaoh won the Triple Crown, won at Belmont, they had to kill a horse at Belmont. That wasn't reported, though. Not really a big story. The horse that runs around the track faster than the others is a story. And that brings me to my point. I think, I don't understand why horse racing is associated with competitive sports. Now, yes, it's a competition. It's a competition between an animal, animals. It is, it's it's not humans. You want to put the animal sports in the animal section? Go for it. It's just very strange to me. I mean, yeah, Joe Torre was there. Cool. Congratulations, horse. I, I I don't know. He he did a great job. He galloped. I, I I don't understand why why horse racing too. Why why are the other animal races not as important? Why isn't carriage racing or harness racing as important or greyhounds? I'm not sure. I, I I just it baffles me every year how people get so excited for this. You know, and people taking pictures of American Pharaoh like as he comes out. You know, they could put any horse there, and you would think that's that's American Pharaoh. That's how stupid it is. Oh, I got my picture taken with American Pharaoh. Actually, that was the horse that some guy just goes around his town in some yokel place. I mean, you have horse expert Mike Francesa today saying, Secretariat is an American hero. An American hero. A horse. What did he do? He's a horse. At least give us some sort of mythical human as if Paul Bunyan was an American hero or some lesser-known folk hero like Johnny Appleseed. But Secretariat is a horse. With all that being said, I'm going to do a complete heel turn because we have a very, very special guest today, okay? And it's someone that you have talked about a lot in the past few days, and he has not done one interview anywhere except here 
It is a Red Ticket Blues exclusive. The only problem is he's running a bit late. So if we could just wait here. Oh, we've got him? All right. All right. So uh, it takes. It gives me great uh, honor to welcome to the show the Triple Crown winner, American Pharaoh. And... and I don't know if I should call you American or Pharaoh, but I'll just, I'll do them both. American Pharaoh, after 37 years of no Triple Crown winners, how did it feel to be that horse that captured the crown once again? Okay, yeah, I, I understand the emotion you know, surrounding the whole event and the accomplishment may have rendered you a little awestruck, lost for words. It's understandable. So going into this race, you were the odds-on favorite, and the world was excited to see if if this feat could be pulled off. You know, 12 horses had tried since affirmed, but some, including Mike Francesa... And one last thing, Mike, uh, horse racing, American Coward, Triple Crown? No. Didn't think he could do it. Any response to, <laughs> pardon the pun, the naysayers? <laughs> Take, take the high road. I like that. There, there, there's no need to feed into the haters. Now, another horse has been making a lot of news lately, that being the talking horse of Hannah Davis, DirecTV. Some have said that that horse has been strategically placed on TV to take away from your accomplishments. Your thoughts on all the participants surrounding that commercial? <laughs> Is that in reference to the horse or the horse and Hannah Davis? <laughs> you sly dog or should I say horse <laughs> so in closing I know you gotta run well when are you not running but I know you have a lot of things to do a lot of stables to visit a lot of photo shoots in the barn but there's been a lot of rumors that you're not done racing and that the stud life is not necessarily your next step any comment on that wow what an exit. America Pharaoh's left the building. Wow. Now that, folks, was an interview. That's all the horse racing I got in me. So, moving on, we'll move on to the New York Yankees. And the Yankees, they can't seem to make up their mind if they're a respectable team or not. Are they good? Are they bad? It's back and forth. It's, a, it's, been, a, it's been a year of streaks. Some ugly, some good. Right now, the 32 and 25, game and a half up in the quite mediocre AL East. You saw yesterday, was it yesterday or was it Saturday? It was yesterday, yes. CeCe, who has been pretty awful this year, still got an ERA at 5.25, record of 3 and 7, actually pitched well. Speaking of horses, I mean, he is referred to as a horse all the time. Maybe not so much these days. But I, I actually heard John Flaherty say once, he, quote, he is a horse in every sense of the word. If he's that, I didn't see him at Belmont on Sunday. I saw him getting thrown out of the game, which I like seeing that fire out of CC. Makes me still, you know, see that he's still alive. Pitched six innings, seven strikeouts, two earned runs. Now, I wish you could see that at every game out of CC Sabathia. <sighs> but you don't, unfortunately. They continue to use the long ball. And oh, by the way, you know, Tanaka back, which was great to see. The only problem is, are we going to play this game all year with him? Where he makes two or three good starts, misses a month. Two or three good starts, misses a month. 
I think that's what they're going to do. And then eventually they're going to be like, listen, Masahiro, we're cutting you up. We're slicing and dicing you. Get down on the table and shut up. But they continue to use the long ball. I mean, Teixeira, uh, this is a guy who's been a frequent target of mine way before I did the podcast, just writing articles on the website slash blog, whatever you want to call it. RedTicketBlues.com, by the way. Uh, you know, he's Mr. Excuses, Mr. Mom. Everything is always wrong with him. And last year, even before the season started, he talked about how he wasn't going to be healthy. Oh, God. Making excuses before the season starts. But unbelievable. He's finally healthy, it looks like. He's, he's batting a dismal 237. He's got 17 home runs and 45 RBIs and OPS and 913. You can't, you can't get mad at that. And, and Alex Rodriguez, <laughs> he continues to be a solid baseball player. Solid baseball. What can you say? He, he's got his home runs. I don't have his stats in front of me. Red Ticket Blues. Uh, but he, he continues to get the job done when it needs to get done. I, I, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised in both of those individuals. And even the two individuals in the inf- the other two individuals. Well, A-Rod doesn't play the field anymore. But okay, t- t- enough. The second baseman and the shortstop starting to improve a little bit. Now, Stephen Drew is barely a major leaguer. He's got his batting average up to 168. He's got seven home runs. Think about this, though. And I'm sort of stealing this uh, concept from Mark Feinstein, the New York Daily News beat writer for the Yankees. But the best pitcher in baseball, ERA-wise, is Sonny Gray at the Oakland Athletics. He has held opposing batters to a batting average of 214. And his ERA is 1.65. But batting average of 214. Stephen Drew is 168. He's not even batting at the batting average of the best pitcher in baseball. Think about that for a second. Are you done thinking about it? Good. We're moving on. So, And even Didi Gregorius is starting to hit a little bit. He's got the bat- batting average up to 238 with two home runs and 13 RBIs. Now, Stephen Drew and Didi DeGrorius are just some of the people that they brought in to the New York Yankees to fill the gap and the large amount of money they can spend after Robinson Cano left town. Now, let's compare these numbers here. Like I just said, Didi DeGrorius is batting 238, two home runs, 13 RBIs. Robinson Cano is batting 239 with two home runs and 18 RBIs. Yankee fans love to get on Didi DeGrorius. I being one of them. He's been terrible. He is one... One number. (laughs) One point. One number. One point behind Robinson Cano. And has the same amount of home runs. And only five behind in RBIs. That is atrocious. That's hard to wrap your head around. Robinson Cano, who, who he's Mr. Rock Nation. I'm sure Jay-Z loves this. Not a very sound decision going out to Seattle because you don't even hear about Robinson Cano. You certainly don't hear about him when he's batting 239. But, but anyways, we did hear him earlier, well, not earlier this week, last week, when he joined the Mike Francesa program. The interview itself is about eight or nine minutes long. And in reality, I think it was just sort of say hello and a chance for Robbie to promote his charity. That was some sort of uh, thing for the Dominican Republic that he was promoting. Something going on in Seattle about building houses there. A-Rod was there. Sabathia. Joel Sherman was there. Uh, 
very odd name drop by Robbie in the interview. But the the reason I'm even bringing this up is Mike really gave him the third degree about how much he's been sucking. Now, I'm going to play for you just the, the questions from Mike. I'm not going to play the whole interview because it's really a dreadful experience that I don't want to make people go through. But this is how uncomfortable it is. And remember, this was about eight or nine minutes long. And this is the interview, right? This These are the questions that Mike would ask to make it extremely uncomfortable even to listen to. Take a listen. All right, well, tell me, what's going on? I look at these numbers. I look at the game last night. doesn't look like the Robinson Cano we remember. So what's going on? Is this the? Can you remember ever going through a time like? I mean, the numbers don't. I can't. I can't think of a time. Have you ever had a stretch this like this before in your career? Well, yeah, I remember. Even worse, it was in two thousand and eight. Worse than this? Two thousand and eight. Yeah. Well, the end of the season, I, I remember, but that was like thirty at best. This is like more than. This is more than that. So I mean, so you remember having a worse time than this? Okay. So, I mean, do, does it feel like something's not right, or does it feel like you're just not hitting with any luck? So you, you th- still think this team will have a good second half and you'll have a good second half. So for all the people who are speculating back here, uh, Robbie, and there's been a lot of talk with you know the Yankees playing you guys, everyone's asking, what the heck is going on with Robbie? Look at the numbers. You are healthy. Everything's fine. Nothing's bothering you, and you just haven't started hitting yet. It's not anything more than that, right? No, anything more than that. There's guy, there's guy that I just, nothing more than that. So you're healthy, everything feels good, and it's and nothing's bothering you. Honestly, who conducts an interview like that? That is one of the strangest things. I won't say it's the strangest thing I've ever seen or heard. I think today the first hour of his show with the horse mongos was probably the strangest thing I've ever heard. One of the most hysterical too. Naming top five horses, horses and steroids, Secretariat's America Hero denying NBA Finals talk calls to talk about horses. Nay! So that's all we got this week. Um, uh, There should be another podcast this week. I don't know if Fridays really work for people, but I'm going to try to do another one. We'll see. No promises. As always, you can listen to the show uh, www.redticketblues.com or on these fine streaming services such as iTunes, TuneIn Radio, YouTube, and uh, Stitcher, that's the other one. You can follow me at all times at BrianBuck13 for hysterical commentary on life and love and liberty. To all those streaming services, subscribe, leave a comment, or what's the word I'm looking for? A rating. Do all of that. You, you know the deal. You know the whole spiel. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful day and watch the NBA Finals tonight. And I'm out of here.